welcome to the Fortress of Comic News, episode 202. I am one of your hosts, Chris, alongside the master of fatalities, Mike. Nice. Flawless victory. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're or, I'm sorry. About- the master of heroic brutalities. Oh, yeah, that was they brought that in later, huh? Uh, and that later. was that was the DC versus Marvel game. Oh, OK. Superheroes can't kill everybody. Yeah. So they're brutalities. Um, yeah. So today on the show, everyone, uh, we have a very special guest, Sal Abenanti. Um, he's going to talk about his graphic novel, The Hostage. Uh, you get a little taste of the art if you're watching by video right behind me. So uh, stick around for that. Got some cool stuff to talk with him about. Little taste um, the world of art repping as well and yeah, some other yeah. things, comics that we don't normally get to see. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty interesting stuff. And with that, I think we'll just we'll just jump right into the news, Chris. Uh, what do you think? Let's do it. We got some All news. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so TV news. Uh, Disney Plus is getting another documentary series. Woo! Yeah, based around Marvel on March 12th. This one is called Assembled and will show how different Marvel Cinematic Universe projects came together with behind the scenes look. Now, this is one I'm excited about. So they did this with The Mandalorian. I don't know if you remember that or not. Yeah. uh, Mm -hmm. Those are really good. Yeah. So if they do that and they have like because my favorite part of those Mandalorian documentaries where they had like these round table discussions with people mm-hmm. who were involved. Mm-hmm. And if they do that with this, I'm all in. I, I just want to, I want to see the scene where like, there's like some B shot footage of Kevin Feige standing at the meeting table with like a uh, Captain America action figure with Thor's hammer and a giant Thanos figure. And he's like smashing them together. And there's all these like arrows and like, universes pointing behind him and disney executives are just like what the hell is this guy talking about just just give him billions of dollars it's fine yeah. he'll go away and then we can talk about star wars again it's like why uh, wait wait so captain america can't lift the hammer and the Thanos guy why is he purple <laughs> yeah so that i'm excited for that a little more excited and i hope you are too for the uh, hbo has um hbo max has released some images from its upcoming aquaman animated series yeah what do you think um this is rough <laughs> yeah i haven't seen the pictures yet so uh I... google the picture real quick yeah um, okay it, it feels like it's really trying to go for a, a very young audience that's into this like weird animation art style that I don't mm. quite like. Okay. Um, I'm it's, so it's not like fitting me and I don't like how like Aquaman, oh. if I remember he had like blue hair or something weird. It looks like, so if I had to describe this, it looks like if you're watching adventure time <laughs> and you got lost in the Aquaman universe, so that's what I felt, and I didn't want to say it because I didn't want to right. feel like an angry old man because I don't yeah. watch Adventure Time. But right. that's how I felt. And I, was, I go, well, I guess another Aquaman thing not for me, which sucks, but I'll at least check it out. But but James Wan is directing it is the interesting part to me. Yeah. Yeah, which is... So I would understand if this was like a joke, like this is like an Adult Swim cartoon, like ha ha ha, but it, with James Wan directing it, um, I wanted something more, and maybe not Batman the animated series exactly, but at least like new adventures. Yeah, 
you know, not like something that had somewhat of a maybe a unique art style, but still was like it looks like a human being. Yeah. And not this like wonky like acid trip art style that Yeah, it, it, like fairly odd parents or something. <laughs> yeah. Like disproportionate, yeah, it, like their legs and arms. Okay. Well, now I understand. I was, yeah. I was bummed by this, but yeah. I I will I mean, give it a shot because it says yeah. Aquaman on the cover. Yeah. Either way, like HBO Max, still thank you for doing what you're doing. Yeah. Um, not everything can be a hit. Yeah. And not everything can be for me. Right. So true. Yep. Exactly. Um, yeah, let's talk, uh, let's talk about something that is for us, WandaVision this week. 100%. Um. We can start this with, I was wrong. Yeah, we're, everybody was wrong. Spoilers for WandaVision. Uh, yeah, so we get a, um, we get the villain reveal in this episode. Um, we get the powers revealed, uh, for the, I can't think of the character's name right now, that, um, enters the, uh the barrier a few times. Um, uh, Monica Rambo. Yeah. Monica. Yeah. Rambo. Um, I should be able to remember that name, but yeah, so she gets her powers because you know, they tell her don't go back in and you know what she does. <laughs> she goes back in. <laughs> um, and we see her like stretched across, like I, it almost looked like a multiverse thing, right? You get all these like iterations of the person, like the barrier has something to do with the multiverse. Um, I think it was supposed to represent like spectrums of uh, of vision Fair. and like the world around us because yeah, maybe because mm-hmm. when she when we see through her eyes she's definitely seeing through wavelengths almost like Daredevil. Oh. Um, but well, he doesn't see. But yeah, uh, yeah, he's bl- the blind man with the superpower of sight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> by the, the way, everybody, I love Daredevil. Just, yeah, he like, does. He loves Daredevil. He's a huge Daredevil. Um, but yeah, like I got that feeling where she's looking at things and she was seeing like the electrical waves around it and like mm-hmm. the different things. So that that was kind of how I took her entering yeah. and like stretching and her powers. Like, yeah. Um, sorry, her powers almost seem like she can absorb energy and like use it, right? Yeah, if I'm remembering her, because she's a very low. I mean, she's a powerful character, but a low level right. character in terms of popularity. Okay, so. Um, Let's let's break down the episode a little more. The uh, the reveal is that her neighbor um, is a witch. She's a witch. Um, yeah, Agatha. Uh, I wanted to say phone? Kilgrave. Agatha. I, something. I yeah. had it in my head, and then I lost yep. it. Um, but another, I don't. Not a very popular villain, right? Harkness. Harkness. Yeah. Um, not a very popular villain, but it seems relative. Like she's a witch. That I mean, that's really all that we know about her. She's a witch, but like the reveal is that in her basement, she's like got some book. Um, yes. And the, and the also, dark. there's a bunch of do- what is it? The Darkhold. Okay, can you explain that? That is me? that is a very known Marvel uh, mystical item, and it's basically the it's the book to hold all like evil magic. Is uh, the like, simplest way to put it. And am I mistaken in thinking that, like when she got to the basement, there's lots of doors going to different places, right? Yeah, that would be correct. So we have an evil magic book and a lot of doors going to places. And the next, uh, the next Doctor Strange movie is a multiverse of madness. Yeah, it fits. Oh. She yeah. 
from what I read, she is a very because this is a character I'm not too familiar with. Everybody, mm-hmm. um, she is a Doctor Strange esque villain in the yep. comics. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. It makes sense for her to have the dark hold and make that be like the big bad for the Mystic Universe because yep. it's the big bad for the Marvel uh, comics universe as well. And we already know that Scarlet Witch is going to appear in Multiverse of Madness. Right. So, like, it's all starting to connect together in yep. terms of how it fits into what's happening in the future in terms of movies. And can, can we talk about the, the best part of the show is the start where they did the Office intro. <laughs> yeah. They did the Office-style intro, and that's that was the takes they were doing of, like, Wanda talking and then, like, cutting to her sitting there talking. Um, where, where that happens to Vision, he's like, what? Why the hell am I still sitting here? Like, no, I need to, I need to be getting out. Like, that was pretty funny. Um, and then there was a, I don't know if this was intentional, but there was a, a, uh, a reference to like parks and recreation where, um, because at the end she was like, oh, and it was me that killed the dog. She actually is a character in parks and rec that, um, starts spreading a rumor that Leslie Nope murders a puppy or murders a dog. So I almost did that. I think they did that intentionally. <laughs> So, quick aside, I follow an account on Twitter that is Parks and Rec's quote set out of context. Yeah. And that was the quote they put out that day. There's oh, a picture okay. of her saying that. So, yeah. yeah, it is. This episode was definitely based around that kind of, that, you know, that 2000s, you know, 2010s mm-hmm. uh, style of sitcom, which was The Office and Parks and Rec. Yeah. And uh, I really like that part. I like I liked Vision's little side quest he had. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. the the sword base got transformed into a circus, circus. Yeah. and then he finds Kate Dennings and mm-hmm. zaps her. Then they decide to go back, and Wanda's trying to keep him away for some reason, and he's getting frustrated. And finally, he's just like, you know, what? I can fly. Fuck it, and he leaves. In case they're saying <laughs> they're like, well, I guess I'll just like sit here then. Yeah. Right. Um, um, did you yeah. also sit around for after the credits? I was going to say that, everyone. There is an after credits scene that I didn't know about until someone texted me that. So, um, yeah, I did, which is the... So, first off, you know, Wanda goes in the basement looking for her kids. Her kids aren't there. So, but I, I still think her kids are real because one of them starts talking about people in the town and how she doesn't... They, they didn't sense a soul in her or something like that. Um, and at first we think, oh, that's because, you know, her mind has been taken over. No, it's because she's an evil witch, probably without a soul. <laughs> um, but, and then we, the end is Pietro greeting, uh, Rambo. Rambo finds the basement and, and then, uh, uh, Quicksilver shows up behind, behind her. Um, and I'm not, I'm not too convinced whether that Quicksilver is not real. I think that still might be the real Quicksilver. I wonder if I think that Quicksilver's real, but he's not Quicksilver. Okay, that he's another entity pretending to be Quicksilver, mm-hmm. and I I don't even know if they have to explain it. Maybe bringing him that actor in to be Quicksilver was simply for us, right? And they're just going to kind of let it go. Yeah, but I wonder if he's like either teamed up with her or if she's brought him in from like another universe to Mm -hmm. work with her or something. But I I wonder if she, he's not actually Quicksilver as far as her kids. Once again, to my knowledge, because I'm not a huge Scarlet Witch fan, 
that is how her kids are born in the Marvel Comics universe was okay. through sheer will of magic. Oh wow, interesting. So they could okay. be real. <laughs> it is like it's not unheard yeah. of in terms yeah. of the mythology we're going with. But I almost I don't know. There's a part of me that wants to believe because I think they're hinting towards a Young Avengers book or I mean mm-hmm. sorry, movie or TV show. But it would be it would be weird if they just kind of took that away and the um, now we're just kind of people fighting. The big mind blown thing was the kid who plays her son, one of her sons. Um, there's only two episodes left. People, we're only getting nine episodes this season, and then like a week break between Winter Soldier, um, Falcon Winter Soldier. Uh, the the kid that plays. One of the kids, and you don't you wouldn't even notice because it, only because of his voice is the kid with the glasses from Hill House, um, first season of Hill House. He's like the really cute kid with blonde hair, and he's got glasses, and he's like the one that sees uh, Abigail, like one of the ghosts. So first off, this kid's you know probably not even eight years old, and he's already raking in the dough from a really successful Netflix series, to being part of Disney and potentially you know. Uh, the Avenger, uh, what did you say, Young Avengers or something? Um, but that was you like said Hill mind. House. Are you, are you talking about yeah. Lock and Key? No, no, Hill House is a lot like Lock and Key. Have you you haven't watched that show? No, I was, oh, I'm trying really to figure good. out what Hill House is in my head. And I don't think I've yeah. Heard of it. Hill House is a it was a novel, but um, it revolves around a family that lived in a haunted house, kind of like Lock and Key, where something happens with the parents, kind of like Lock and Key. <laughs> you see where I'm going here? Yeah. Um, but no, it's really good, and you should watch it. There's two seasons, and there's two separate houses. It's like an anthology series. Mm-hmm. The character, the actors play different characters, and they're both really good seasons. I think you would like it because it's okay. like horror. But about five or six episodes in, you find out that the horror is related to a life event, and then it becomes not so scary anymore. Like it's more interesting. So you should really check okay. it out. I'm I'm curious to like get updates from you if you watch the first season. So I'll have to, I'm gonna write that one down. Um. Yeah, Hill House, haunting a Hill House, but uh, yeah. Anyways, yeah, WandaVision's great, and I can't wait for next next week. I like. I even started watching it before work now. Like, I'll wake up early before I go to work and like put it on. Yeah, it's my. I love it because Friday is like my busiest day of the week. So Friday, yeah. I literally I work. I go to the comic shop. I go grocery shopping. I get home like seven thirty, eight o'clock at night. Yep. And then I come home, we put everything away, I sit down, I watch WandaVision. And it's like, yeah. I love that. It's such a great... Yep. Yep. And I, I, yeah, this show has been fantastic. It just keeps mm-hmm. getting better, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, movie news. Okay. The Mortal Kombat trailer dropped. And, you know, as with any video game movie property, <laughs> we're always a little hesitant. Uh, maybe Sonic the Hedgehog started to turn the tides for us or something. Um but I still haven't watched it. But uh, I know you didn't hate it. I and I, I have yep. another person I know, another person we both know, uh, talked to me the other day who watched it recently and said they agreed with me. It's fun. It's not the best movie ever, but it's just mm-hmm. a fun hour and a half. I'll probably watch it next weekend because it just got put on Hulu. Um, but anyways, I I have very my like childhood growing up, you know, me being six years old in Irvine, California. If I was to tell you my one fond memory, like not my one memory, fond memory, only fond memory, but and my sister can confirm this. You know, I would watch two movies on rewind because you know VHS, literally rewind. One was the Three Ninjas, 
or Beverly Hills Ninja. It was a combination of the two. Mostly Beverly Hills Ninja because Chris Farley is a, a genius. Um, yeah. and That's the right choice. The second one was Mortal Kombat. Little did I know that they had the same actor. If you remember, his brother in Beverly Hills Ninja was actually Luke Cage. Or, uh, uh, um, not Luke Cage. Johnny Luke, Cage? Uh, Luke, Luke, well, I Luke can't think Kang? of his last name. Luke Kang, yes. Luke Kang. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're the same actor, pretty sure. I'm just making that connection right now. Holy shit. Um, but I would, so this is what I would do. I would put on the intro because that, that soundtrack is fucking amazing for that movie. The it was so good. So but, yeah, when COVID first started and they made it mandatory in New York to wear the masks. Yeah, and we all got the. I don't think I have it on, but like we all got the mask, and it's like, oh, it looks like yeah. fucking Sub Zero or something. Yeah, right, right. And me being a giant dork and loving to just make people laugh. Mm-hmm. I walked up to the door where we had to put our key fob in and I had my speaker in my hand and I blasted the Mortal Kombat song and then entered the building <laughs> yeah. to, get, to get like tempted and everything. And, and my like, boss just looks over at me like, what the fuck? Yeah. And it's awesome. Yeah. I love that you did that because I would play that. I would, I would rewind that movie just to play the intro song and I would jump off the couch and do kicks and like like punches and it was I was such it was so awful and I'm such a geek but it was awesome and I yeah. even now I recently watched the the 1995 uh, movie the, the second one never happened um, and I'm sitting there and you know my sister and I are grown up now and we watched it and I'm like that was still enjoyable um, you had you had I can't think of his name but this guy from uh, Highlander playing Raiden like Raiden yeah. is the best part like and that was the height of his acting dude those Highlander movies like what a time for him to be at, at, like as Raiden um, and okay now let's go to the trailer they I, I, I talk about that because they definitely incorporated a lot from that original movie and they definitely understand their fan base to extend that like this is a little bit of a love letter to that movie but it's also new and improved like we see um, Sub Zero and Scorpion getting their own, you know, iconic moments of like. But this one is like he cuts a guy and then freezes his blood midair and then stabs him with it. I'm like, that's such a Mortal Kombat fucking thing to do. <laughs> it was awesome. I did. They showed a few moments. I was like, these are straight out of the game. Yeah, fatalities. Um, but also. One of the best parts of the trailer for me was uh, Hiroyuki Sanada playing uh, Scorpion. I love that actor. Um, I think the most recent thing he was in was uh, Westworld. He played uh, he played the you know um, the like samurai in, in Westworld. But that guy's an amazing actor. He's he's one of those actors that like pops up and like if they ever have like a you know a samurai person or like kung fu person, you're like oh there he is. You know he's in another movie. Um, he and he was even in uh you know the original the Wolverine movie but um whatever we don't talk about that movie either but uh I am so excited for this movie and another thing coming out on HBO Max it's like mm-hmm. April it's what a couple months from now um I cannot wait I, yeah I, I think the next three in a row or at least they're gonna hit in a row is gonna be this is the most Mike sentence ever. Justice League Snyder Cut, 
Godzilla vs. King Kong, and then Mortal Kombat. (laughs) You know, you know, I subscribe to HBO Max for this half of the year. Like, there's a reason, and I keep like every time like my sister and I will text each other about a trailer. I'm like, it's so worth the money. Like, um, so the other side to that, I watched it, and I I really love that movie as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think I had as much of a connection as you. I just I really enjoyed it. Very fun, and that soundtrack was fantastic for that. It slaps. Yeah, I think I had. This is how old I am. I think I had the cassette tape. For oh, that. of the soundtrack. Yes, dude. I didn't even um, know that got made. What yeah, the hell? I'm. Yeah, I remember oh. having a, a cassette with that song on it. I might have been the actual soundtrack, but anyways. Yeah, I watched it and I felt like okay, it looks like a Mortal Kombat movie, and that's fine. Like that's all I well, want like, out. Of it. But, like, as far as, like, straight-to-TV movies, you know, technically straight-to-TV, like, the trailer for Kong Godzilla wasn't bad. The trailer for Mortal Kombat wasn't bad. We saw the Snyder Cut trailer. It's like, damn, you know, this is great stuff. Uh, The other thing that kind of sucks is Godzilla I would love to see in theaters. Yeah, yeah. Mortal Kombat, I kind of want to see it in theaters. Yeah, I would love to see it in a theater. Um yeah, that's the only downside is like, man, I would really love to see it in a theater. It probably won't in a couple months. Um, but uh, I'm kind of lucky here that this um, apartment complex has like a mini theater uh, with like those recliner seats. And the screen is like, I don't know, like probably 80 inches or something like that. And I don't know. I don't know if I'm allowed to rent it out for COVID or not, but I'm like thinking about calling them up and reserving the Friday for... <laughs> that uh mortal Kombat comes out and seeing if i can watch it because they have like streaming services attached to it too so yeah that'd be awesome yeah it's interesting the dynamic though that's like going on with these new streaming services because i'm like like planning on um watching it with my sister and to being like hey we got to meet up this weekend you know we're about a few hours from each other but i'm like we got to hang out that weekend because we're sitting down and watching it together like you know, you're now you're making plans with people to watch streaming movies, you know, where it's like yeah. where you now you used to go to the movies with someone, you know. So um, anyways, but I if you if you couldn't tell, I love the trailer. Uh, so excited. And we're getting all the fa- favorite characters. You know, you got Kano, you got Jax wasn't in the original. So that's cool to see him. It's cool to see him get his arms frozen off by Sub-Zero in the beginning. <laughs> that was sick. Like. Who needs an origin story? It's like, arms got frozen off. He has metal arms now. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Perfect. Um, anyway, so one more thing from Warner Brothers. They announced that the upcoming Flash movie has casted as Supergirl. So Flash is now turning into, I don't know, Justice League International or some shit. Um, Sasha Kale will play Kara L in the upcoming movie. I don't know what's going on with this movie anymore. It's been rewritten several times. No, the directors have... Got, come and gone characters <laughs> it was cyborg I believe, and i was yeah i don't believe this is a real movie yeah i i, I just i, I really i at the point where i'm just like they just like announcing things yeah and i'm not yeah. even getting myself excited about uh michael keaton coming back anymore because i'm just like no. I, I i don't believe this is a real movie anymore yeah right because when are we filming like where's <laughs> yeah, the script what, yeah like what's going on? Stop announcing <laughs> actors and like get your shit together. Well, the film, the you know, going to site for filming, he's just got to be on a treadmill for the whole movie. So like, that's easy. Yeah. They could film I mean, that in his house. He's Flash. He runs real fast. So. Yeah. So they're just filming on a treadmill and put a moving 
background or something. That's all it is. Just like, <laughs> oh, look at Supergirl. Hey, it's Michael Keaton from Batman. <laughs> oh man, look at that. Like, He's just running. He just sees that. Like that's that's our brief description of the DC Cinematic Universe. Like here's all the upcoming stuff. It's just Flash running. Like, oh look, Martian Manhunter. <laughs> and at the end, Flash blows up and then reforms into a different actor playing it. Yeah, and that's it. Yep. Sorry, but oh. I'm not a big fan of Ezra Miller as Flash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's okay. He's um, not bad. Any- I was not a big fan. Anyways, let's jump to this awesome interview we have with uh, Sal, and we'll see everybody on the other side. Welcome back, everybody. We have yet another very, very special guest with us this week. Everybody, welcome to the show, Sal Abenanti. Welcome to the show, Sal. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate you having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Um, And kudos to Chris for you got the last name right, buddy. I'm proud of you. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm getting better at this. Yeah, there you go. It's had some practice. Yeah, it turns into Abenati or Abernathy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure you heard it all. DMV, you know. I've had the DMV where I sat there for half an hour one time. The lady, you know, Allie (laughs) Anthony, she was saying, I don't know. Like Audie Ann or something like that. Yeah. It's okay. Mine, Mine turns into like, Either they add extra ends, or it's just like runt, or something <laughs> yeah. weird like that. And it was like, no, it's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, mine. I think she was calling me Aliant. It's weird the the like the maps they draw to get to butcher. One time, I mean, mine's Ricker, but one time they're like, "Is that with a T?" I go, "Where do you get a T right. in that name?" But anyways, um, you know, thanks for being on the show, man. Glad to have you sure. here uh, for our first time guests. We uh, like to, you know, pick apart your origin story a little bit. So um, we'll talk about the Kickstarter, which is really interesting uh, in a second here. But give us give us the rundown of, you know, how you got involved in comics and, you know, what made you want to create on your own and stuff like that. Uh, I started I wanted to break into I wanted to get into comics. I was an artist. I was a a storyboard artist in Mm -hmm. advertising. But uh, but comics was my first love Uh, in the 90s when everybody was doing the independent stuff, the image stuff. Uh, I tried to break in hook or crook and mm-hmm. really, really Marvel and DC went to every portfolio line, every convention yep. with every editor and I couldn't get arrested. They just did not want uh, I, <laughs> nothing. I mean, yeah. I heard every imaginable excuse mm-hmm. sort of, you know, I got your sister pregnant for not hiring me. <laughs> and there's that old saying, you know, everything they say after bought or before bought is bullshit. Yeah, right. My work. So yeah. I realized if I didn't become an indie creator and put my own book out, I was not going to do comics or I was mm-hmm. not going to be able to get into comics. Right. So I put Atomica out, a book called Atomica, God yep. is Red, in uh, 2006, 2007. And I, from there, I went on. I thought that book was going to make me into the next, you know, and it didn't. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you realize that if you want to get into comics, you can do comics. You, mm-hmm. because it's easier now with desktop publishing, mm-hmm. but you have to do your own. And then um, I worked in comics because I I uh, also rep uh, Alex Ross and Bill Sienkiewicz. Yep. So I was always connected with the comic business, but my first love is 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 to be a comic artist. So mm. okay. Um, can you talk about that? What's what is repping for those guys like? I, mean, uh, I met Alex. Alex and I were friends back before he became Elvis Presley, and uh, <laughs> yeah. we were in advertising together. We knew the same people. Uh-huh. He asked me to help him out, uh, and that was twenty years ago. And uh-huh. 
I started handling his original art sales. I create, we created the websites and cool. I'm the guy at the cons yeah. and then I met Bill Sienkiewicz. And so we kind of did the same thing. Um, it's a good job. It keeps you in the game, mm -hmm. uh, but it's not what I w wanted to get in the business for. I wanted yeah. to be an artist. You either, right. you know, being an artist in comics, you, you, it's like you're bit by a vampire. You really <laughs> don't have much choice. You have right. to do it. So. Yeah. And I mean, for you to you, you get shot down by DC and Marvel, the, everybody, that, and then just to for you to like kudos to you to be like, hey, I'm still gonna get something made either way. Like I, you know, I'm just gonna publish it on my own or you know. Work well, it's it. easier now than it used to be, and I yeah, tell this to no, guys no. that wanted to get into comics all the time is that you know in the '90s or even you know 10, 15 years ago, you wanted to do an indie book, you couldn't do an indie book. It cost a lot of money, and mm -hmm. you couldn't do. 50 copies, 100 right. copies. You couldn't, there was no desktop publishing. Yep. So I tell this to guys all the time. Look, we all, if you want to go in the front door, that's great. But that's a very small percentage that go in the front door. Mm -hmm. But if you really have to do comics and you really want to be a comic writer or an artist or whatever it is, there's a lot of ways to do it. Now, you're going to have to hustle a lot more. You're going to have to really get out there and you know kick the bushes but there's there, there's more ways to do it now than there were before you've got social media you've got well there's no more artist alley at least until covid is over right there's ways but the the biggest problem with indie comics is getting people to a to buy them and getting comic stores to order them mm -hmm. so yes. you can put a book out and then nobody sees it so you got to be willing to hustle at the same time yeah and getting some of these guys to be the promoter for themselves especially at a con like yes. a lot of us just don't have that in us and that, that's it's really tough, tough for people it's tough yeah it's a lot of organized begging you know and and, and <laughs> you really i mean when i did i had no idea kickstarter was was this much work my god anybody who mm -hmm. wants to do kickstarter i recommend it as a creator because you could do this you can mm -hmm. you could show you know the old business model was you put an ad in diamond and right. you waited to see if the comic stores ordered your book. Right. And, it, and it went to cons and you went to Artist Alley. But in Artist Alley, Artist Alley keeps getting smaller now because you're, you're competing with the guy who was in Caddyshack, who wants to sell his autograph. <laughs> yeah, and the yeah. gal who was Tootie in yeah. the Facts of Life, who's selling her autograph. Right. And, 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 you know, so you it's a shrinking, you know, for people that go to cons for, who are actually buying comics. Mm -hmm. So you got, but with Kickstarter, I could show you some of the pages. I could do a video and tell you what it's about. You can look at it and go, ah, eh, you know what? It's for me or it's not for me. So mm -hmm. at least you, you feel you're getting some sense of, 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 of you know, I, I got an opportunity to talk to you about it and show it to you. Whereas mm -hmm. when you do it on your own and you go to a con or you just do it through comic stores, the percentage of being able to talk to you guys like this, it, it, it drops. Because mm -hmm. a lot of comic stores don't touch indie titles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, it's we, definitely, we see a pattern there. I mean, it's like, because Chris and I are kind of, you know, in tune with what comes out. And it's a lot of like asking comic shops to order so, uh, an issue uh, specifically and stuff, you know? Well, the diamond model changed all that. See, yeah. Right. In the 90s, if you, or, if you were a comic store and you ordered comics and they didn't sell, they had a 50% credit rate if you wanted right. to return them well they got rid of all that so yeah. now if you're a comic store and you order my book and it doesn't sell you got to eat it mm -hmm. and so yeah. comic stores are, are not willing to take a chance on on stuff that's untested or unproven yeah so um well that's a great jump into the kickstarter here i mean 
uh, let's talk about the hostage. So, um, you know, what, what is it and, and what are you hoping to, you know, show with the story here? Well, my, my philosophy on anything indie mm-hmm. is do something that you, a subject that you've got some emotional attachment to because okay. you're going to, you're going to kick ass with it because it's your personal experience. It's your personal take on something versus mm-hmm. just another Wolverine or just your version <laughs> of Batman or just yeah. your version of, you know, yeah. because why am I going to buy your Batman when you've already got Batman. your Batman? Yeah, there's you know, a everybody Batman wants there. to recreate their version of their favorite character, which is cool. Right. But good luck trying to get people to buy your version of Marlboro cigarettes when they've already got Marlboro. You yeah, know, it doesn't yeah. taste mm-hmm. like, you know. Right. So do something that at least you feel like, man, this is something that's important to me. This is cool. I really want to tell this. This is a based on a personal experience. This is based mm-hmm. on. And that's what the hostage was. The hostage was based off. It was an idea I got when I, I spent some time in Rio de Janeiro when I was in college. And it, it changed my life. I mean, I couldn't unsee what I saw when I was in Rio. Mm. And so I always knew I wanted to do something because my style was, as DC put it, very disturbing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we love it, Sal, but it's very disturbing. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh, I walked away and I felt like I was, you know, I was the next Jim Lee after that. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, and, and then also when it's your dime and you're going to crash and burn, you may as well do it your way. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to let your ass hang out and you're going to have to open yourself to criticism and people that are going to want to tell you, oh, it should be this or it sucks or we love it or we hate it. Do it your way, because if you do it, you know, you do your version of, of uh, you know, Moon Knight. No one's going to give a shit, you know, yeah. do something that at least you could say, man, this is personal to me. Right. Right. And uh, your format doing I mean. Uh, the whole graphic novel was something that you had and you didn't want to do issue by issue. You just, I did. I, I was in love with the issue by issue thing. When I did atomic, I put it out as 12 individual issues. Right. And as you guys know, you're into comics. Everybody's yep. like, I had people literally tell me to my face, well, I'm waiting for the trade. I'm waiting. Yeah. For the trade. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't buy individual issues. Right. And you're like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So as I started to do the hostage, I was going to do it before COVID just release it through comic stores the way, you know, I did with my last book, but COVID changed all that. And then I thought, well, you know what, let me just put it in a, in a graphic, you know, a novel format. And, you know, I always thought people that go, Oh, it's graphic novels. It's not comics was always kind of snobby. Mm. Oh, you're like, Oh no, you know, it's, I want my big Mac well done. I don't want it the regular way. (laughs) It it feels like a pinky up way of saying it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love love the monthlies, but, but you know, Hey, look, the business changed. A lot of people want trades. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. with the hostage, it was easy because the original story, the opening story was too long to put in an individual issue. Yeah. And it was always meant to be a graphic novel. Whereas, Mm. you know, when I did Atomica, it was clearly meant to be 12, separate stories so um let's talk about the hostage a little bit so this follows a a group of uh street kids right so this is uh, something that you experienced in rio you know a lot when you were over there and and you said hey this this story needs to be told you know to people that don't going on i just i saw a lot of the homelessness i saw Mm. a lot of these kids that were surviving off of begging and they had no place to sleep and they had nowhere to live and they had i mean i'm talking i mean thousands of them Mm. and i don't mean homeless like we think of as even grown-ups these kids are mostly under the age of 10 so they're little kids that are sleeping everywhere and 
you're walking around Rio and it's a, this magnificent city. It's beautiful. The people mm-hmm. and the culture and the everything about it is is like right out of a postcard. Yet once you 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 kind of dive deeper, you realize, my God, there's this there's this terribly sad, tragic underbelly that exists. Mm-hmm. And these kids are getting murdered because uh, a lot of the neighborhoods don't want them. They want to eradicate them. They see them almost wow. like they're they're pests. They're they're that's in awesome. the way. So there's a and there's also a lot of culture there that's based off. There's a lot of religion there that's based off of uh, voodoo and mm-hmm. the indigenous tribes of the Amazon. So it's a it's a fascinating culture. So I always right. felt there's a really cool story there as a comic book, without patronizing how horrible the situation. I wasn't mm-hmm. just like I know. I'll give him a dog, you right. know, and, yeah, and yeah. I'm running around Rio and, right. and Ghost Rider will show up. And I knew I, <laughs> oh I, my I God. couldn't yeah. give the American bullshit right. sensibility to a, right. to a narrative. That's a Marvel story waiting to happen. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, this was love. And, I, you know, people might say, oh, you're not from Brazil. What do you know? And I'm like, right. look, guys, I'm not saying I'm from Brazil. Right. I'm not saying that I'm, I, I have a personal relationship to this the way the people that live there do but mm. i'm just telling you this is based on my personal experience mm. and my my style of art clearly is not for everybody so right. i thought look i married the two and this was a story that i knew i had to put out on my own because publishers just were like what yeah you know, and right. so it's it, i mean it's not something you hear about because like that like you said i've always heard rio de janeiro is beautiful and like yeah you got to see it but like then you talk about the real things happening and it's like this this seems like a uh i mean not only it's a personal story but it's a way to educate people too i'm like hey not all- it's look i don't claim to have any answers it's not yeah. a happy ending i yeah. don't claim to say hey guys this is going to solve anything right i all my numbers and all my stats and everything all the research i did on it for the last 10 years have been mm-hmm. off of unicef and amnesty international so yep. i didn't just pull these numbers based off of my opinions and things right, like that right that being said it's it's a love letter to brazil i love mm-hmm. it brazil changed my life my experience there so anyone who thinks that i'm knocking or it's it's an indictment against it because you know as an american you're always going to get that oh it's the ugly american uh, uh telling uh, us how we should run our lives i'm not telling anybody anything mm-hmm. I, I don't mm-hmm. have a you know it's a comic book guys right I'm an indie comic artist and any indie comic guy, if you go into this for the money, you're in a lot of trouble. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A lot of trouble. If you think you're going to, Oh, a Netflix deal. Yeah. Okay. Good luck with that. (laughs) Good luck. Good luck with that. Uh, (laughs) I know you're pretty much double funded what you need to be. Right. And you got a a few days left here, but very excited. um, We always talk about this though. It's that, I mean, that means that you shouldn't stop donating for this project. I mean, because, a lot of the times you'll start a project lower than it needs to be just so more people will fund it, you know? So um, please, you know, keep donating and stuff like that. You have some awesome stretch goals. I know you have yeah. one more to unlock, right? Still? We got to cut. Yeah. We felt it was important to, to, you know, I, again, I went into this very green when it came to Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. I, I talked to some people that did it and who were successful at it and, and the stretch goals are important, you know? Yep. So I, I was fortunate enough to have some friends of mine, um, contribute alex ross and bill sinkevich and yep. jeff darrow and 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 eric powell and and um and and a couple other guys that, that you know saint julian and and so i thought it was important to have those stretch goals even though you know it again it seems like organized begging but it's <laughs> it, the stretch goals are important because right. I, look anything right. that's going to get your eyeballs to the project mm. is is paramount yeah yeah 
Uh, I, yeah, I agree. So uh, let me ask you a little bit about the art. Um, we, you said some things about, look, it's disturbing and these other things, but let me ask you, did you do all the colors for this as well as the pencils? Yes. Yeah, I, it's all watercolor. Because, mm. yeah, that's the thing I wanted to point out. Like, it's the watercolor is something that you don't see often in comics and very unique. Like, how did that go into, how does that flow into the story you wanted to tell? Was that a choice because of the story or is that just your style? Uh, it's both. I mean, it, it, I knew it was important that, I mean, I, I learned a lot from Bill Sienkiewicz, um about your composition and your approach to, to your, your settings and your color can evoke a lot of emotion and can have mm. a, a, an effect on your overall vibe and your overall feel for the story or the scene, your, your particular scene you're watching. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I also didn't want to work with a colorist again. I've worked with colorists and I thought, you know what, that's great. You know, they're great computer colors. There's some amazing talent out there. But I just thought, you know what, this is my baby. I want to do it all myself. So mm. I was fortunate enough to be able to just say, I don't get, I'm just diving in. And Bill and Alex were very supportive in the sense of, man, just 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 let it hang out. You know, don't yeah. be afraid to constantly push it and stretch more. Right. And 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 I didn't have an editor to answer to. You know, I didn't have a guy telling me, yeah, but when does the Fantastic Four show up? And and you know, <laughs> and I right. and I needed something to kind of, you know, the 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 neon colors were kind of evocative of Rio and the mm -hmm. culture, but yeah. also of the you know it's kind of i wanted some kind of a dichotomy of the suffering these kids are going through and yet all this crazy mesh of colors mm -hmm. um yeah and i think it like chris said it kind of fits i don't know the the story and um and you don't really follow a typical like panel layout do you because you kind of you kind of just draw wherever you feel you want to on the page right mm -hmm. is is that just something you've developed over no i stole a lot i mean oh, I stole a lot from, from, you know, growing up with American comics, page yeah. layouts are page layouts, getting mm -hmm. your eye to move through the page, getting right. your eye to, to start, you know, in one direction and go in another direction is very important. Mm -hmm. um, in retrospect, it's a little long winded, mm -hmm. but that's because I was working by myself. And sometimes I didn't have fresh eyes to look at the project and say, right. hey, style, you, right. can, you can, you know, tighten it up here. But right. I also felt it was important um, to not be lazy. Sometimes when you write your own stuff, you can write lazy. You can mm -hmm. write panels that make it easier to draw. Whereas with this, it was important to, um, you know, kind of give the kids their due and, and, and show the city and show uh, these, you know, the favelas. And a lot of that is based off of how I felt when you're there. I mean, the perspectives are forced and, and warped and all over the place when you're dealing with the, the different parts of Rio. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, it's really cool. You already hit the stretch goal for the sketchbook and the slipcase cover too, and the slipcase cover. Yeah, no, up. I'm glad. Yeah. The, the first, the stretch, the the slipcase was the most important one to me because yeah. originally we were going to put it out as as a graphic novel, mm -hmm. and you know, paper and and you know, like like a good uh, quality paper graphic novel. Yeah. But once we hit the first level, I said, guys, we're in good shape to do this as the way I really saw it, which was a hardcover. In a slipcase. Yeah. So once we hit that goal, I was I was completely content. I could have died a happy man right there. <laughs> yeah. No, because it, no, as an artist, awesome. the presentation of it is like, right. wow, this would yeah. be really great if I could put it on good paper and it can really be in a slipcase no, versus sure. some of the horrible paper I've had to use in the past just because mm -hmm. the budget, you know, doesn't yeah. allow it. 
Yeah, for someone like me that likes the organization of my bookshelf, I like when the Kickstarters come with like if they're multiple graphic novels too, they have a slipcase too to keep it yeah. organized. It looks awesome. So Yeah. No, yeah. it it's it's kind of it's a blessing and a curse where comics are going with the omnibus because it's it's kind of pricing some people out of it, but yet I I know me personally, I love that stuff. I'm like mm -hmm. you. I, the omnibuses to me are fantastic. Yeah. You know, to, yeah. to get that stuff and I just got the Luke Cage on the bus. Oh yeah, I that's awesome. I, 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 I didn't read the last three masterworks of Luke Cage <laughs> I got, and he's my favorite character at Marvel. Yeah, know? yeah, so, that's awesome. Yeah, see, I'm very picky about those omnibuses. Uh, the I'm actually just pre-ordered the uh, the Madman one just because I was like, well. I got to have that book for the 15th time, but right. I, right. I, I don't have a ton of them actually. Yeah. yeah. It's something that sits on my shelf that I don't necessarily open up because it's ways like, yeah, <laughs> I've got those. I bought like the complete Conan the other day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it looks it's cool. like it, or the complete, I love the complete works of Jack Kirby at DC and oh, it's yeah. literally like the size of the dictionary you had. In high yeah. School. Yeah. Those <laughs> things are awesome. Yeah, and I'm like, when am I gonna crack this? Because I I got all the individual ones, and now right. I'm like, yeah, but I gotta have them all together. Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. I, yeah. You get it, and you're like, you you can use it to hold the door open to damn right. things so big. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, we still got four days left here, and if for, if what we hear about and know about Kickstarter is true, these last four days are gonna see a lot of donations rolling in. Hopefully, so you, you hope, you yeah. hope. I've learned that you know I've had this has turned into like a telethon. Where the mm -hmm. numbers will go up and then they'll go actually go down. I, really? I didn't wow. know that where people will pledge and then and then decline or change okay. it or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I've learned I never get too excited one way or another. I'm I'm I have to be honest. I'm over the moon at the fact that we reached our goal and we're able to to produce this the way huh. that I want. So uh, do I want people at this point? Yeah, I would love just to be for people to continue. So mm -hmm. that more more people can get the book, more people yeah. like see the the actual content. Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah, I think why we offered it in PDF form in English and in Portuguese, so that yep. the Brazilian comic fan can can order it. And, and if you don't speak English, or you or you're not an English uh, speak, you know, you don't read comics in English. You need them in Portuguese. Yeah, we yeah. did both versions. So That's great. We'll see what yeah. happens. I mean, I don't know if. You know, I'm going to, like I said, you come across as the ugly American or not. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> One thing to prep yourself for at when these four days are up is uh, when it hits and you start charging cards, I think it's like 10% is the yeah, average yeah. that get declined. And then yeah. you're on the, yeah. hey, guys, do you mind yeah. uh, checking your card? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I, again, anybody yeah. who's going to do Kickstarter. What, however amount of work you think it is, it's like 10 times that. It's a ton, yeah. <laughs> it is a lot of work, and it's yep. a lot of prep, and it's a lot of, of promoting, and it's a lot of getting out there. And it's it's kind of like – but it, but it, look, if it's your baby and it's important to you, it's necessary. Mm. Because if, if, there was, if I wasn't doing Kickstarter, I would be doing this anyway, going to cons and, and doing, you know, Artist Alley and right. trying to get store owners to buy it and – Social media, God help us. You know, it's a big part of this now. Yeah. yeah. Every, yeah, every asshole's us. got an opinion on social yeah. media. Oh, yeah. You know, everybody's oh, yeah. an expert. Yep. You know? Yeah. The assholes are usually the loudest, you know. Man, you know, I got to say, I think there's like six assholes on social media or <laughs> all the bad comments. You yeah. Know? yeah. And, but look, if you're going to take the good ones, you got to listen to the bad ones. And 
Yeah. What I love is being able to just delete them and and, <laughs> and block yeah. them. You know, yeah. if they say hateful shit, I block them. Yeah. You oh, yeah. Say, I don't like it. Then yeah. I can live. Yeah. But once you get personal, then right. I mean, it's like then you're gone. You're no, Sal. Let me give you this. Is I'm going to bring this to another level for you. Don't block them. Mute them. Yeah. Because oh, then you can't hear them, but they're still angry and screaming into the ether. But if you block <laughs> them, then they're like, look, Sal hates me so much that he blocked me. Yeah, yeah. I, I like when, when they have their friends contact me. Oh, God. You know, like, why did you block my friend? And I'm like, well, did your friend tell you what he said? I yeah. mean, you know, it would <laughs> say that to my face. Right. I don't know. These no, guys no. are all tough guys that when they get on social media. But yeah. look. It's the world we live in. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Really, if you're going to go on social media to promote your, your product, you open yourself up to that kind of stuff. For sure. Yep. You know, um, it is yeah. what it is. Yep. And uh, for all the listeners, watchers, uh, Chris will have the link for the Kickstarter uh, below the video. Um, yeah, or and- if they just go on Kickstarter and, yep. and you type in the hostage, you know, yeah. search. Trust me, it doesn't look like anything else under that. Yeah, that's I, sure. yeah. I was yeah. gonna say, everybody out there, you check it out in that link down below, and mm-hmm. the the goals or the rewards are awesome. Like lithographs yeah. for all the different uh, artists that he mentioned. Yep. Uh, you can get original art, Mike, mm-hmm. uh, from this. Oh, book. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, a bunch of other stuff, including signed Alex Ross lith- lithographs. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I have, to, I have to drive over there and get him to sign him, but I promise to <laughs> sign <signed> by Alex. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of really cool stuff. So everybody, go check out this uh, Kickstarter. It looks awesome. Yeah, and uh, if any, if we want to direct our fans to you on social media after just talking about it, where can we send them? So it's it's Sal Abenanti. You know, I'm on yeah. Twitter, I'm on Instagram, or Mercury okay. Comics, but usually Sal Abenanti is usually where I get the most. Okay, you know, um, you know. Witness yeah. protection. <laughs> from, from, from Sal That's awesome. Uh, yeah, thanks again for being on the show, Sal. Yeah, guys, I really, I really appreciate it. I yeah. never take this stuff for granted. You guys oh, are for having me. Thank you. We appreciate that. Four days left, guys. Go check out the Kickstarter, the hostage, and like you said, the art. You will you will know what you're looking at when you see it. It's all yeah. it's awesome. Just just don't don't not before you go to bed. Yeah. Don't, right. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't look at it before you go to bed. Yeah. Sal is not responsible for nightmares that ensue yeah. due to his heart. Don't operate heavy machinery. You know, there should be a warning label at the top. Yeah, it hurts when you urinate after reading. <laughs> That's that so, sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> That's that. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I got nothing to do with your your hobbies. You know. I feel like either at the top of your website or on the back of this book or something, you need to put that quote of Sal. Your art is fantastic, but very disturbing. Very disturbing. DC Comics. DC Comics. <laughs> and I used to, I got to a point where I was getting in fist fights with editors because a lot of the editors who, who were these voices of, of they were experts, yeah. they're now selling storm windows somewhere. These are guys right. that aren't even in comics anymore. Right, right. Were, but yet they were telling you how to write and how to draw comics. Yeah. Oh, I knew that I was talking to guys that their opinion, I would never ask their advice. You know, but yet yeah. you're asking that you got to show them your work to try to get a job. So there's this kind of weird crossover that mm-hmm. you just finally, that's why I tell guys all the time, guys, we need indie comics. We need indie creators more than ever. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get into comics and you want to be an artist or a writer, I'm telling you, man, put your own book out. It's yeah. important because you see Marvel and DC, it's getting in a funnel now. Right. What, you're right. You're content. Right. Yep. So especially writers and artists, man, we need you more than ever. Mm-hmm. So you know, agreed. Yep. 
Awesome. Well, thanks again, man, for being on the show. And we'd thanks love to have you back for any other projects you got. So thank you. All right, man. Thanks again. Yep. And we're back. Hey, everyone. So please check it out. A few days left there. So give Sal your money. He greatly appreciates it. Um, always fun to have a, a uh, fellow contender and a lover of indie comics. So, um, yeah, I mean, he, that, that little, uh, speech at the end there to, you know, get your stuff made. I was like, I don't have an idea, but now I want to make a comic. <laughs> he motivated me. So, um, so he, he demotivated Mike because what he wanted to do was yeah. make his own Batman. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. And then he re-motivated right. Mike. Well, my, you've always heard, I I've talked about my pitch for a comic. It, we won't talk about it again. It was like always like the superheroes, but in their downtime, it was, it was going to be called downtime and it was going to be like the flash at the DMV lit waiting line. Uh, Batman, when he like, he opens up his utility belt and he's got like a PB and J in there and he's like taking a, you know, a five minute break on a rooftop somewhere, you know, PB and J. Like I still have those ideas in my head. Um, maybe it'll get made one day. I don't know. We'll see. Well, he reaffirmed something for me and it's something that I've, I've, often thought about and then smashed because I don't want to do it, but I do want to do it, which mm. is like, I'll never get to do Captain America, but I have <laughs> yeah. Captain America stories. Right. And what you write, no offense, will probably never be as good as like the, you know, the, uh, the original era stuff of like the classics, yeah. you know, but like, even if I ever written wrote Batman, you'll never be as good as like what Scott Snyder did or like a Grant Morrison story, you know, like, maybe i don't know maybe, maybe not never know but keep keep making your own things and doing what you love anyways um with that we'll get into the comic book news before i get demotivated anymore um marvel has announced that former avengers academy student is getting his own limited limited series the series will center around reptile is a reptile or reptile reptile so it is it is reptile but uh whose whose power is a shapeshift into dinosaurs it's going to be written by terry blass and art by anid balam so i had no idea this character existed uh, me neither until this announcement uh it seems like a not so great beast boy yeah like literally beast boy's power is he can turn to any like beast so right. he can turn to a dinosaur if he wants right. yeah oh that's true i guess yeah and now this is just like oh he can do that but only dinosaurs Hmm. Which I mean, for a little kid, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, right. But, I guess I didn't think, yeah, I didn't think about that. Like he is the worst version of Beast Boy because Beast. We have seen Beast Boy do the T Rex thing, you know. So, yeah. hmm. so it's a. I don't know, not for me at least. There, so. I mean, there's some people, there's some dinosaur fans out there though that are gonna eat this up. I mean, there's people that just see dinosaurs and they. That's it. And there's I'm, I mean, this is a weird one because Avengers Academy failed. but there's some avengers academy fans out there who are like oh yeah i really liked reptile and like all three of them are just like okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) all three (laughs) damn shit on marvel that's i love it uh shang chi master of kung fu is getting an ongoes ongoing series this may um the series will follow the events of the recent limited series and one shot that put him in a larger marvel universe it'll be written by gene luin yang and art by DK Ruan. So 
yeah, that that was was confusing to me because I didn't realize the initial Shang Chi book was a limited series, and then this one shot was supposed to put him in the bigger universe with that lady Deathstrike or whatever her name was. I was just like, I, I was confused because I'm like, what what is the name of the Shang Chi book I'm supposed to be reading? Because <laughs> I had six issues of Shang Chi, then I got a Legend of Shang Chi, and now it's like, okay, now he's getting an ongoing series, so we're, I'm getting a number another number one like. Like, Marvel, like, you're making it really hard for me to fi- follow my favorite character. And you know what this book is called? What? Shang-Chi. Oh, my God. Uh, whoever does these number ones, or does the numbering over there, like, please, just figure it out, Marvel. I I really think this is a, a victim of COVID. Not to bring up COVID for the eight yeah, thousand time. Right, right. Where this movie was supposed to be out. Yeah, like we sh- we were supposed to be getting it like around May, right? It might have even been our free comic book day movie this year, and obviously oh, that's true. not happened. Yeah, so they probably released this miniseries, and we're like, "Oh my god, look at the no- this is not bad. Let's do an ongoing. <laughs> Fuck it." <laughs> but we have to have the number one release somewhat near the movie. <laughs> it's like, watch, we're gonna get another Black Widow ongoing. They're gonna reset the number. <laughs> It's yeah. I all their planning to line up with movies and stuff just went to shit real quick. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, it's the yeah. same creative team for that miniseries, though, right? Right. Didn't, yeah. It's nothing's didn't changed. Write it? Yeah. So Gene, yeah. Yes. And the uh, the thing was, they left it on a cliffhanger, so it was like you knew there was another issue coming. You know, like they they didn't end it on at the miniseries, so. Um, there's a cliffhanger that was like more is coming, so that's why I was confused. I'm like, oh, is the book ending? <laughs> I, yes. Nobody told me. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they reveal his like father at the end. You're like, oh my god, like, oh the book the book's over. I'm, yeah. Anyways, um, nice job, Marvel. Marvel is giving Boba Fett his own crossover. Okay, really nice Fuck job. Yeah, yeah. So okay, you redeemed yourself. Uh, event inside the Star Wars line of comics. First issue will be called. War of the Bounty Hunters Alpha Number One. It's so uh, I I know what this is about. This is going to be like Godzilla, where Bounty or uh, Boba Fett's Godzilla. <laughs> um, it's going to be its own miniseries titled War of the Bounty Hunters. The series will be written by Charles Soule and art by Steve McNiven. Awesome creative team. Awesome character. Chris is mailing his check as we speak. Yeah, uh, Charles Soule do more Star Wars. I love it. Yeah, he was uh, on the original Vader stuff, right? He did the Vader. Yeah, run. Vader stuff. He's doing yeah. the current Star Wars book, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's done some High Republic novels that are really yep. good. And uh, this is it's all based around. We're in the point in the comics right now. We're in between Empire and Jedi. Mm-hmm. So this is what Boba Fett did with Han and Carbonite in between the movies. So mm-hmm. I'm interested because Boba Fett obviously didn't just fly over to Jabba and say, here you go. Like, he, <laughs> you, you know, he took yeah. it places and took selfies with it and shit. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, was, but I didn't think Boba Fett, let's do it. Yeah. Take the money. Uh, DC is adding even more comics to its digital first initiative because nobody really signed up for it yet. The first will be Batman 89, which will start right after the events of the movie is written by Robert Venditti and art by Wilfredo Torres. Holy shit. Okay. All right. I'm listening now, DC. Okay. And not to be left out will be Superman 78. 
taking place after the events of the Richard Donner movie, which will be written by Sam Hamm with art by Joe uh, Quinones. Uh, I'm a little more excited about Batman than Superman, but still, these are big ideas going on here. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm excited for these. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, people have been asking for this stuff. Yeah. I mean, th- those are two of the most iconic yeah. comic book movies of all time. Also, I'm a little, I'm a little worried about following up a Richard Donner Superman. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could do a Bruce or a um, Tim Burton, you know, Batman movie, but like Richard Donner is going to be hard to follow. I so the Superman one, I probably won't even check out. Like, I yeah. just, uh, I lo- I love that movie. Um, yeah, yep. I even like the following movies. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're what they are. Batman eighty nine. I would have said, I don't really care. Like, the movie was what it was, and I'm not saying it's bad, but right. I enjoyed it. And then I saw Robert Venditti, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. you'll get at least one issue out of me. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to read the first issue. Yeah, so this this is, it, you're heading in the right direction, you know? This yeah. is the stuff, the stuff that fans want is what you should, the stuff that fans want that you can put in a little less effort than printing a comic, you know, these are the things that should be going exclusively to digital. You know. So, we've done Batman 66. Yep. Let's throw that to the side. We've done uh, Wonder Woman, I yep. forget the year, but mm-hmm. um, we did that. Now we're doing Batman 89, now we're doing Superman 78. Next up's got to be Flash 90. <laughs> we're assembling the Justice League here, people. Yep. That's all I'm saying. Yep. All these books need to cross over into a Justice League. Oh, my God. 60s Batman at the head of the Justice League. Please. Ugh. Well, even like either take 89 Batman and do that. Yeah. Or oh, yeah. you got to choose a Batman at some point. Yeah, but yeah. Because there's 50 of them. Right. But I'm saying like we're literally assembling the Justice League through these TV shows and movies throughout like the older generation's versions. Yep, yep. Why no, not eventually just it. do a Justice League with them? Yeah, take his idea, DC. It's free. Um, during the week, DC gave a digital presentation for retailers that announced a bunch of new titles. No creative teams yet. Um, the the But we got the series, so let's... I mean, we could talk about if we're just hyped for the series. So, uh, the series are as followed. Deaths, Deathstroke Incorporated. Yeah, yeah. Harley Quinn animated series sequel. So this is a this is a comic book follow up to the Harley Quinn series. Meh. Um, I do like the Harley Quinn animated series though. I just don't. I haven't even watched it. I can just tell you, like, it's the one animated series that I do read comics based on is Batman yeah. animated series. Right, and right. even that, like I'm not super stoked to get into. Yeah. So even doubt- like even Rick and Morty, it's just not the same. Like if something works as animated, the, the comic book is hard to get into. Yeah. Um, a wonder woman 80th anniversary title. Okay. Good for wonder woman fans. Uh, Elseworld. Okay. Inject it into my veins. Yes. That I'll just chop it up and snort it. Uh, DC vampires. Okay. Could be interesting. All right. I want to hear uh, more. Robin and Batman. Depends who Robin is. Yep. Joker puzzle box. What the fuck? No. What the Sounds fuck? like an event to me. That yeah. sounds like the event book. The Legend of Batman. Okay. 
if this is, I don't know, I think it's called Batman Gotham Knight, which mm. was an animated movie based around Nolan's Batman, yeah. which was people telling stories of their version, like what they perceived Batman to be. If mm-hmm. that's what this book is, and they get a good creative team behind it, I'm down. Yep. Uh, Crush and Lobo. Okay. Fuck no. What the hell? Nubia and the Amazons? I don't know what a Nubia is, but okay. DC Middle Ages. Okay. There's some little treats in this bundle. Of, this is like a this is like a five dollar bin D, uh, DVD bundle, or I guess it'd be Blu-ray bundle at Walmart. And like you're digging through it, you're digging through it, like oh, like you know, here's uh, you're, oh the Goonies, you know, like I found one that's good. like uh, um, if as long as Batman has one of those uh, what do they call them maces with the, oh, yeah. the swinging, yeah. Yeah. Um, riding a horse, ready to like punch Joker in the face with it. I, yeah, I'm in. Yep. I yeah, like yeah. I I don't see why this isn't a thing now. I mean, we've seen glimpses of it with Elseworld, so maybe I mean maybe this is all related to Elseworld because we know the DC vampires is another universe. Um, Middle Ages stuff. That's we've seen that before. Uh, yeah. There's a few things that I'm interested in here. So. Yeah, I I have the feeling that Elseworld is going to be an ongoing with uh, rolling creative teams. Mm. Like, this is my feeling of what they're going to do with it. So it's going to be that, and every creative team gets to tell their own little, like, Mm -hmm. their own story, a la Red Sun, a la uh, Gotham by Gaslight, so on and so forth. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to doing them as individual miniseries. Right, right. That makes sense. Um. Yeah, and then they also said that they're going to be part of Free Comic Book Day this year. So, which was up in the air because they're that's a diamond thing. So, yeah, which is a touch. We're we're still in that cusp of like eh, it may or may not happen. So, it may or may not. I'm leaning toward the side of will happen mm-hmm. for the general public. Yeah, um, I won't speak for my own personal life or my retailer's life, but it's. They're mo- they moved it to August already. So, right. and according to stuff, we're talking maybe July before people are fully vaccinated and all mm-hmm. that. So, I hope so because yeah, I, hope so. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to go back to doing things. Yeah, yeah, I would love to. Yeah, for sure. Um, so. so, let's hope. Todd McFarlane has announced that 2021 is the year of Spawn. Okay. Okay, let's do it. All right, Todd, you know, you know, put your money where your mouth is. Uh, with his proclamation, he said that there will be more concrete news about his new Spawn movie, and the franchise will launch four new comic series in the Spawn universe. Uh, this will all start with a one-shot called Spawn Universe Number 1, and it'll start with three new ongoing titles launched in the months to follow. The series are called The Gunslinger, King Spawn, and The Scorched. No concrete creative teams have been announced, but some interesting names are attached to these books, like Donnie Cates. Okay. Sold. Uh, Sean Murphy. Sold. Frank Quitely. Sold. What? Greg Capullo. Sold. Is this like a is this like a fan fiction thing happening right now? Mark Silvestri, Brett Booth, David Finch, many more. What do you mean, many more? That's it. You just literally grabbed the best writers and artists in the industry. So, peek behind the curtain, everybody. When stories like this pop up, where it's just like, here's a, a shit ton of creative people, and more, these are involved. Yeah. I usually pick the names, like, I usually pick 
three to five names that are like right. these are the oh, best yeah. ones. Yeah. The list didn't end of the best <laughs> ones. You're like, okay, we can stop at Donnie Cates, and you're like, oh, Sean Murphy, oh, Frank Quitely, where, where the hell's he been? Oh, Greg Capullo, wait, Silvestri. <laughs> and what's weird is like I'm not a Spawn guy. Yeah, me either. And but I'm, I'm gonna, excited I, about this. Yeah, I am. I'm like, when is this book coming out? I'm gonna read, dude. I'm reading all these books. Let's go. This is a spot. It's gonna be Spawncast pretty soon. We're gonna. <laughs> I will say I've been trying real hard to like get myself to read Spawn because it's yeah. something there that interests me. Right. And right. I bought a humble bundle way way back, and I have like probably the first. 300 issues plus a bunch of miniseries mm-hmm. digitally. And I think I'm going to jump on it now and try it and try to read, you know, a couple trades a month or something and see if I like spawn. Yep. Because this like I'm without a doubt, Donnie Cates gets my money without a doubt. Sean Gordon Murphy gets my money. Oh yeah. So, and then Frank, Frank, Frank quietly. I haven't seen a Frank quietly book in years. Yeah. Like, Frank Quietly is another one. Greg Capullo, I love Greg, but if, I don't know, he's done Spawn before and I didn't buy it, so. Yeah, his art has definitely changed now. Yeah. For sure, but yeah, either way, that's but amazing still, stuff. Like, yeah. I have three guys there who will get my money, and mm-hmm. three guys who could be working on three separate books. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, there's there's three writers listed there, so. So yeah, I I couldn't believe how excited I was for a Spawn thing when my yeah. entire Spawn knowledge is the '90s movie. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Oh, and the animated series. I did watch the animated series. Oh, I didn't watch that. Yeah, yeah. I have it. It's hilarious. Especially there's intros from Todd McFarlane mm-hmm. back in the '90s when he was still like oh, you know God. late '30s or so, trying to be like metal. Yeah. And being like, oh, guys, you know, in the spawn, in the deep depths of the spawn universe. And it's like, oh, my God. Chill out, man. I I love it, Todd, but chill out. Wasn't there a new animated series on Amazon or something? No, that's what I'm talking about. Oh. Like, that was back in the 90s. Uh, It wasn't Amazon. It was HBO. Oh, okay, okay. I think I have the DVD around here somewhere. I could probably find it. Oh, wow. Uh, We're not going to watch it. We're going to talk about the comics over this week. (laughs) Uh, um, just a quick follow up on the graphic novels that I finished American Vampire Volume One. Um, that was just a setup for all the, where all the characters are, all the different vampires. So, um, a lot of that going on, like how we have the there's like a Daywalker vampire, right? There's an old, the old rich vampires, um, and then there's like the the one that's more like rabid almost like, mm-hmm. you know, feral vampire, I guess. Um, so interesting, really interesting stuff. And I you love said it. That, yeah, go ahead. I, was say, I love that universe because of what you're saying. Yeah. It took every vampire out there yep. and gave it its own, like, you know, like the, the rich old vampires, like the Transylvania vampires, they're all yep. like kind of in Europe. Yeah. And then right. this new breed of vampire comes in America. And then those yep. feral ones happen kind of over in Asia and those, the yep. islands and everything. Yep. And they're just, you'll see throughout it, you get more and more different versions of vampires throughout mm-hmm. the history. I love that series, yeah. Yeah, and it like ends with like the the woman has a daughter and they find like her father's killer is one of the vampires. And they like she rolls up like many years later and says that's you know, that was your father's murder or something like that. So um Snow Angels number one. I know you read this uh last week. Uh Jeff Lemire Jock 
interesting story, you know, not a whole lot going on. The family lives in an icy trench and it's like a post-apocalyptic thing where, you know, you can tell tech and futuristic stuff used to exist. Um, there's these stories of like, if you leave this trench, uh, the snowman will kill you and they get back to the town. This guy and his two daughters, young daughters, they're on a hunting trip. Um, this robotic thing has killed the whole town and they refer to it as the snowman. So, um, interesting to see where it goes, but yeah, not bad. Yeah. The creative team alone will get me into issue two. Oh, for sure. But I wasn't um, blown away by issue one. I read shadow doctor. Number one, this is a aftershock book. Not something I normally read. Uh, but it's, uh, I think it's more, it came out this month. It's more relative to black history month for sure. Uh, Pete Calloway and, uh, writing it and George Jean T on, uh, art. It's actually a true story. Um, it's the story of a uh, a black man in the 1930s who used to work for the mob. He was a driver uh, for like guns and stuff. Um, he witnesses a really bad event, like he almost dies, like they get jumped on on the uh, the road that they're driving, and he like he decides to change his life and become a doctor. Well, then he can't find any work. He can only find work at a black hospital. Um, he because he, he can't work at a hospital that you know. Um, white people go to because they're afraid that they like won't go visit them um, because they have a black doctor. So he decides to go back to the mobster that he used to work for back in the day. Now that he's a doctor, come to find out the guy he goes to and asks for a job is Scarface. So this is the story of a guy who used to work for Scarface and he's telling his son as he's in the hospital, like dying with cancer. Um, Scarface, the mobster. Yeah. Yeah. So he's a doctor. I guess I'm guessing he's a doctor for Scarface. It was, it was a cool story. Um, you know, the art's really good, and it's uh, it's a true story too. So that makes it interesting. I think um, nice little twist at the end. Uh, Future State Shazam number two. This is the Tim Sheridan Eduardo Pansica book. Have you read this? I did not get a chance. I'll say it here. I did not get a chance to read a whole lot this week. So we okay. definitely didn't cross over on anything. Um. So we get a little more insight to what's going on with Shazam. He basically is Shazam in his powerful form. He's the raw power with no clarity. Um, that's what Billy Batson gives Shazam. Like, you know, a lot of people argue, like, Billy Batson does nothing for Shazam. No, he gives him clarity and vision on wh- where he using his powers for good, right? He has the, um, the childlike, ex- like, oh, you know, exuberance of, like, I have powers, but also he knows right from wrong. Well... We find out that Nero um, in hell tells Shazam, hey, I can let you go. Like, I can separate you from Billy because he says, I can't say the Shazam words and change him back because you'll take the powers from me. He goes, well, I can make you a deal. I can separate you two guys. Well, he separates him and imprisons Billy down there to, you know, keep the rock of eternity. Um, uh, he's he's basically like locked it down to where like Billy is chained to the Rock of Eternity. Nobody can get to the Rock of Eternity because Billy's there protecting it. This is like a deal they made. Um, but Shazam gets influenced by Nero. He puts his visions in Shazam. So we realize Shazam's been going around killing these villains because he sees demons that aren't there, and he sees these villains as demons. And that's why he's killing them. Uh, so the Spectre shows up because he's pissed. He's like, dude, you can't be can't be just murdering people he's like i don't know what's going on here and the art is amazing by the way like the art of like like specter or you know grabbing shazam is just amazing and then he locks him down he's talking to him 
Shazam breaks out, stabs him with a piece of the rock of uh, or the the spear of destiny, which is you know the spear that supposedly uh, pierced Christ on the cross or whatever. It gives mm-hmm. you a lot of power. Um, he kills Specter. So with this, uh, well, so with this, they like you know the Justice League or whatever's left of them is like, oh shit, we got to do something. Like he's gone off the deep end. Killing the Specter also was related to what's going on in Hell. Um, so now that the Spectre's gone, there's no one to keep the the person in hell that wants to get out in check. That's what we find out is Nero is uh, is trying to release someone, um, and you know we find out that the question or the person posing as the question is actually Dead Man. He pops up and he's like, "Okay, now I, I really need to take over." So he takes over Shazam's body and gets him to say Shazam, which. That's it brings Billy back to Earth and he's all like white haired and his eyes are bleeding and shit. He's all messed up from being in hell. And he's like, no, what have you guys done? So now he's not down there to protect the Rock of Eternity. Well, the deal is done now. And Neron, um, not Nero, Nero, uh, Neron, Neron, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, but he releases the queen or so-called in hell, which is Raven from Teen Titans. Oh, that's that's but cool. she, yeah, but she's got, like, the Trigon eyes, so she's definitely gone full evil, crazy, like, Lord of Hell, like, Queen of Hell. So she's been released. She, she is the daughter of Trigon, right? Yeah, she's the daughter of Trigon, so, like, this is, yeah. it, it's not, like, Raven, like, human form looking Raven, this Raven that looks like Trigon, like, okay. she looks evil as hell. Um, so, uh, Neuron's deal was that he gets the Rock of Eternity, and she gets the powers of Shazam. So she basically has, like, the the like rocks around her that you know she has the wisdom of solomon and stuff so she's like super powered don't know what's going to happen but it it was a really interesting uh you know storyline i think uh batman slash catwoman number three this is the tom king clayman book now remember people there's three timelines going on in this book there's uh there's the main timeline uh present day timeline where old Catwoman and it kills old Joker. Um, there's the little before that where there's uh oh man, <laughs> that's the one with uh, Phantasm going around killing everyone, uh, killing so, everyone related to Joker. And then there's the one before that where Catwoman and Batman are just getting together. I think. Yeah, it's at least the first two issues because I didn't get to read this yeah. one, but it was them like. After they got married, like right after. Yep. So them early on, and then them in present day dealing with Phantasm, and then Bruce dead, Selena, old woman. Yeah. Future. Yep. Yeah. So uh, we find out in the future that Helena is a bat, and Kat's daughter is now the new Batwoman, but she has like a combination of their suits. Uh, And Dick Grayson is the commissioner. So... What happens is after Catwoman kills the Joker, they find this man dead in Florida and think, hey, this is the Joker. Um, even though it's in Florida, it's, they still f- think, oh, well, we should go figure it out. Um, so that, that'll lead more towards the end of the story. Uh, Joker won't cooperate with Selena in the old times um, where she's trying to like lead Batman astray for the things that she wants to steal. Um <laughs> It's really funny because she cracks a safe and then he's hide. Joker's like crunched up, like hiding in the safe. 
<laughs> which is kind of funny. But they don't really reveal what the relationship is. Like, he's kind of like, you know, he tells her about a crime that uh, where he's going to, like, kill some people. But he he's like, you could tell Batman if you want him to save it. But also, if you tell Batman, he'll know about a relationship that you have with me. So it's kind of like a catch-22. Um, then in the Phantasm uh, timeline... Uh, the Batman tells Joker, he's like, I'm just going to let Phantasm find you because he's kind of fed up about it. Um, and then in the future timeline, Helena, uh, the Batman Catwoman daughter, finds a clue. Um, it looks like a claw or something, like a nail in the carpet at the uh, because the cops didn't find it in Florida, obviously, because they suck. But um, she finds it at the apartment where Joker was killed, and then she lies to her mother. She lies to Catwoman and says, no, I didn't didn't find anything. So she's, she's like almost like torn between, like, yeah, it's her mom, but also she committed murder, and she thinks that's bad. So interesting story so far, I think. But that's what I had this week. Well, um, so I only had two books. I wasted one of them on Captain America 27. Oh, damn. Wasted um, it, huh? <laughs> There is a cheat code for for me on Captain America, and that's insert Red Skull here. Mm. And that's what this issue was, was Red Skull finally came out and was like, this is my plan, my master plan. Ah. uh, Yeah, and and they kind of swept under the last 26 issues because they're like, oh yeah, Thunderbolt Ross is alive. So, Steve, you're uh, cleared of murder charges. Move on with your life. And it's like, okay. He kind of Stumbled over that one, but I'm just so quick aside. There was a thing on CGC recently, and it was Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman signing books and ta- like answering questions. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions was like, "How are you guys going to feel not working with each other anymore?" And Donny just looks at the camera and goes, "Just because we're not doing Venom doesn't mean we're not working with each other." And I was just sitting there going, "Like, please do Captain America, please do Captain America." <laughs> I will orgasm. Speaking of Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman, King of Black, number four. Nice. Awesome. So uh, we got Dylan in this, like, he's been consumed by Null and he's being talked to by Null. And Null's giving him the whole, like, speech, like, join me and we would rule the galaxy as father and son. And... While that's going on, the outside, all the heroes are making this plan to try to help Dylan use his powers while also using all of theirs to just snap him out of there and, you know, put a a blow to Null. And that happens. Like, they do that. Everybody does their part, and they get Dylan out, and Null is punched back and is like, okay, like, you got me this time, but you haven't defeated me. And then while that's going on, Silver Surfer comes to Earth, and he has the the God of Light, which oh. we find out is just a... It's almost like the Phoenix Force. Like, it's just this force. And it chooses okay. a person to be the God of Light. And that's the person who has to fight against Null, the God oh. of Darkness. So Silver Surfer gets there, and he finally breaks through, and he gets to Earth, and he just says, okay, go choose your avatar. And... Anybody does not want this spoiled, please jump 30 seconds into the future. Surprise, surprise, it chooses Eddie as its avatar. Oh. Who is dead. Mm. Okay. So that's interesting. 
But so we got one more issue to go. I got a feeling it's gonna be like an oversized issue because there's a lot of like stuff they gotta conclude to get it there. But I really loved it. I thought it was a great issue. Um, I'm liking Dylan just as a character. I hope mm-hmm. that he continues in more Marvel stuff. Cool. But we'll see. Awesome. That's all I have, Mike. So where can people find you on that internet? Find me at Fortress Ricker on Twitter. Where can they find you and or the show? They can find me at Fortress Chris on Twitter, and they can find the show at Fortress Comics underscore uh, or at FortressComicNews.com, where everything we do is right there on the handy dandy website. Also, you can go over to youtube.com slash Fortress Comics. And if you're watching this on that YouTube channel, you can go there and give us the thumb up down below. Like, subscribe, share, uh, hit the bell notification. All the YouTube stuff. We're a podcast. Yeah. I don't know. The, Yo- uh, the Yotobes. Yeah, do that. And if you're listening on a podcatcher to do the five stars, the whatever their form of telling them that you like us, do that. Because... Uh, helps us reach more listeners and we yep. appreciate it yeah we do and then if you want to be the super duper ultra mega awesome listener go over to patreon at patreon.com slash fortress comics i think that's everything this week so thank you so much for listening and we'll see you all next week thank you thank you